it's it's again as I'm continuing on the winning attitude series, the winning attitude. God wants us to be winners and not losers. God wants us to be successful and not fail in this life. Jesus Christ did not die for us to be failures. He died that we may rise with him and we may make it in this life, that we may reign with him as kings and as priests in this life. Therefore, any child of God who is on this planet has the DNA of God, the DNA of success, the DNA of victory, the DNA of winning. Winning is part of your inheritance. But therefore, God believes that in you there is ability to make it, in you there is ability to conquer, in you there is ability to be a victorious person. The Bible says in Peter, God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything that we need for this life and godliness, God has given us that. But we need to wear a mind of Christ in this life. We need to wear a mind that Jesus was wearing whenever he was here. Let this mind which was in Christ Jesus be also in you. When he speaks about the mind, He's speaking about a collection of attitudes that Jesus Christ was displaying when he was on this planet. Jesus would be a lamb at one stage and another stage he would be a lion. He would display all those attitudes at the rightful moment because he knew what to be and what to say at the right time. And therefore tonight I just want to encourage you as a child of God that as we live this life, we need to have a good attitude. We need to have a victorious attitude. We need to have a fearless attitude as we've been teaching the last uh, two, three um, uh, sessions that we have heard, that we need to have a winning attitude, one that is not afraid, one that Christ Jesus was putting on. Sometimes I say that a good attitude will win you things that prayer cannot. A good attitude can get you to places that sometimes prayer cannot get you into. We sometimes pray hard for things that need a good attitude. We, we pray harder for things that God says, if you could just change your attitude and improve it a bit, you will be able to, to get those breakthroughs. Uh, right now, as companies are struggling financially throughout the country and everywhere in the world, one of the things that companies are looking for, and I'm talking to you as a child of God, they're looking for the best employees. As companies are liquidating, companies are retrenching, companies are scaling down their operations because of the season we find ourselves. Look, guess what they're looking for? Number one, they're looking for those with great attitudes. And who are these people? People who are most helpful in the company, people who are most productive, people who are most resourceful, people who are more responsible and accountable. And if you look at these things that I just mentioned, I did not mention those who are most knowledgeable. Uh, they come last because you can have a lot of knowledge but have a bad attitude and you will not be attractive even in your company. Therefore, God encourages us to wear a mind that is so good and a mind that is based on the Word of God, which is an attitude. Helpful people, productive people, resourceful people, responsible. Even when we do hiring in companies, I learned this over the years that that when hiring, knowledge is only a part of the criteria, but not the main criteria. Most people that, that get hired, it's because of their passion and their attitude. Things that, that, that you don't get through knowledge. 
it's, it's part of what we call emotional intelligence, but not necessarily your, your straightforward intellect. Therefore, God encourages us to, to wear a mind, a brilliant mind, in order to reign in this life. May I say, child of God, that, that God has given us things. God has given us lands and buildings and aeroplanes and, and things to possess on this earth. But he says we need to wear a good attitude as we walk around this planet. In order to possess that which belongs to us, we need to wear a good attitude. Because God has given us all things already. And today I just want to share about three very important attitudes. If I had time, I would cover about seven. But three very important attitudes. So the last time I shared about attitudes that we need to get rid of. Attitudes that are not helpful. A murmuring attitude, for example. A fearful attitude. And also an attitude that says, I have nothing. God said we need to get rid of those. But also we need to embrace in the place of those. We need to embrace very good attitudes. And now today I just want to share about those very important attitudes. The first attitude that I want to talk about is a responsible attitude. An, an attitude of a responsible person, number one. Responsible attitude. What do I mean by a responsible attitude? In, in other words, when you leave this life, in order to be someone that God can entrust with the resources, not only God, but the world, the world in which we live, the best of companies and the best of opportunities, God says we need to be responsible, have an attitude of a responsible person. This, both as a child, as an adult, as an elderly person, you live a life of a responsible person. Have an attitude of someone who takes responsibility. Why? Genesis 2.15 speaks about the man that God had formed. He placed him in the garden. Not only did he place him in the garden, the Bible says he gave him work to do. Number one, to tend the garden. And number two, to guard the garden. If you look at that statement or that verse, Genesis 2.15, that's a verse of work, but also a verse of responsibility. Adam was not just left in the garden. He was left with responsibility. If we live our lives, we need to live a responsible life or a life that has an attitude of responsibility. If you look at Genesis 1.28, speaks about the same thing. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it, but also have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the earth, and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. God made us responsible beings. We are not just puppets that are walking around, but we are men of responsibility. We are women of responsibility. Therefore, in this life, God says we need to wear an attitude of responsibility. Wear it. Wear it like it's your cloth. Wherever you go, you are a responsible person. Always want to help others. Always want to reach out and assist others. When you're visiting people's homes, of course, right now it's COVID-19 lockdown. Most of us are not visiting. But this is an attitude you need to wear to be a blessing wherever you go. When you visit someone's home, you look, of, look for what can, you, when I, what can I do? What can I, if you're a child, for example, you look at how can I assist with the chores of the house? You don't just visit someone's home and just become a burden to them, but you become someone with a responsible attitude. When you are in a place, when you are in a church setup, you ask, what can I do? Instead of, what can the church 
do for me? If you ask what can the church do for me, that is a irresponsible attitude. But when you come into a church setup, you say, what can I do? What is it that the church needs that I can contribute? That is an attitude that God says will take you very far in this life. Even in your workplace, you must be that employee that always comes up and say, what is it that I can contribute to the welfare of my company? Even in this time of crisis, always come up with solutions. Instead of coming up with questions that make management feel burdened up, you must, you must wear an attitude of management even when you're not a manager. Yeah. A manager is one that is a manager in his actions and attitudes, not necessarily by position. By the time they look at you, they have seen how responsible you've been in the company and it's a matter of time before you become promoted. So God is saying he has laid up opportunities for me and you. He has laid up doors and great things for me and you. But if we could just learn a little word, responsible, many, many blessings will come away. When you are out with, with friends for dinner, for example, you become that person who says, guys, how much is the bill? How much should I contribute? You just eat as much as you want and then you walk away. You don't even care what bill it was. Yes, you may get away with it for a few days and a few years and a few months, but later on in life, it catches up with you. So be that person who always wants to help, who always wants to improve, who always wants to bring solutions wherever you go. I'm sharing these secrets of life that will take you somewhere. Even in your privacy of privacies, where no one is watching you, God says, be responsible. Be responsible. You do not litter around because no one is watching you. You do not play around because no one is watching you. Even when you are private and no one can see you, you remain a responsible person, responsible with your body, responsible with your time, responsible with your resources. And this way, God will entrust even more into your hands. So be that person who says, as long as I live, I will not be a burden to someone else. I will live a life of responsibility. That's what Christ would do if he was inside of your body. The word responsible also means accountable. In other words, I am accountable. I am not just a loose person. I am accountable. But it also means a committed person. Someone who is committed. I am committed. The second attitude I wanted to talk about is a content attitude, a content attitude. So number one, a responsible attitude, but number two, a content attitude. So in other words, as we live our lives with Christ Jesus, he has blessed us with so many blessings. He has made us rich in this life. The Bible says he has blessed us with so many spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. It is very possible to live your life as a child of God but unhappy all your life. And, and that's why scripture says in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 6, um, uh, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Basically, Paul is saying, in spite of whatever we're going through, in spite of what life may be throwing at us, we need to wear an attitude of rejoicing, an attitude of joy. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is not like happiness. Happiness is a feeling, but joy is an attitude. You decide that I am joyful. You decide that the joy of the Lord shall be my strength. It doesn't matter whether your feelings are saying you should be happy or not, 
but you wear an attitude of a joyful person. And this goes hand in hand with the attitude of contentment. As the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 5, that you must be content with such as we have. We must be content with such as what God has blessed us with in order to live a successful Christian life. We need to wear an attitude of contentment. He says in verse 6 of chapter 4, Philippians, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And verse 7, he says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, the peace of God shall keep your heart. Not the God of peace, but the peace of God shall keep your hearts, shall guard your hearts, your minds through Christ Jesus, so that you remain content, you remain happy. Your happiness and your joy, shall I even say your joy, shall not depend on what you have and what you don't have. Therefore, in this life, you must wear an attitude of contentment. In other words, whether things are going your way or not, you remain content. You remain happy. You remain satisfied, knowing that God is working behind the scenes, that God is pushing things. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But God is doing greater things behind the scenes, and He's making sure that He's making your path straight. Every crooked way in your life is being straightened right now. Everything that is a mountain is being lowered right now. Every valley that is so deep, God is lifting it up right. Every rough place, God is smoothening it. You know and you rest in His hands, knowing that God is doing greater works behind the scenes. Therefore, enjoy where you are on your way to your future. And I've taught a lot about this. You must learn to enjoy where you are on your way to your future. You must never let your future mock your present so that you live a life of complaining and dissatisfaction all the time. You may not have a car right now, but you have the joy of the Lord and you are satisfied in Him knowing that your car is on the way. It's a matter of time before God can bless you and will bless you with whatever things you so desire. God is working behind the scenes. Most people die trying and they never reach any joy in life. They die trying. They are always trying. They never had time to rest with their family. They haven't ever had time to... You know, someone was sharing a joke with me. He was saying, thank God for lockdown. He was saying, finally, he discovered that his nephew is left-handed. And he's living with a nephew all these years. But they never had time because he's working all the time and he's very busy. But because of lockdown, he finally discovered that, that his, the nephew is left-handed. And I guess many of us have discovered a lot of things now that we're being locked down because we're spending now more time with our family. We discovered so many things about our spouses. We're going to be sharing this tomorrow night with the couples. We discovered so many things about our children that we didn't know. We didn't know how much intelligent our children are or where they are struggling. We didn't know all of those things because we never had time. And we keep on trying in this life. We are fighting. We are trying so hard and we're swimming so hard in trying to catch what the future is promising, but the future is robbing us of our present. And therefore God is saying, wear an attitude of contentment. Yes, you are reaching forward, but you're content where you are. Yes, you have a vision, but you appreciate what God has achieved. Yes, you, you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. 
You are on your way to greatness. Therefore, live this life with an attitude of contentment, knowing that God is taking you somewhere. Did you know that a lot of married people are wishing that they were never married? And because they don't understand the joy of marriage. And they are trying things and they are, their eyes are always outside, hoping that someone else will make them happier. The husband is not doing right or the wife is not doing right. They always find faults with their spouse. They always have something to criticize about their spouse to a point where they are oblivious. In other words, they cannot even see the good that the spouse has. They are looking at a half glass, I mean half empty glass, uh, instead of a half full glass, depending on how you look at it. There is a lot of good that our spouses have, but because we focus on the wrong things and we have an attitude of discontentment, we're never enjoying our marriages. And those who are single, they are wishing that they may be married. And once they get married, they wish they were single again. It's a spirit of discontentment. And may God deliver us from the spirit of discontentment. The parents which, which don't have children are saying right now, I wish I had a child. I wish I had a baby of my own. And the parents that have children right now, especially during the lockdown season, some of them are wishing their kids away. They wish they never had children. So it's, it's, it's a deception of life that the enemy always presents to us that we should never enjoy the things that God has given us. We should never have, have contentment with the things that God has given us. And I'm telling you right now, it's a lie from hell. We need to carry an attitude of contentment. It doesn't matter where you are in life, just be content. If you're single, be content. If you're married, be content. And if you have said be content, be content with your wife. Be content with your husband. Be content. If, if, if you're a student, be content and be happy. Yes, all of us have a future and we have a vision of where we want to be, but our future must never mock our present. And we must never struggle through life in unhappiness and in discontentment trying to reach out for the future. Have an attitude of a content person. You may not have all the things you desire, but let not that rob you of your current joy. Enjoy every moment. If you're a grandma, enjoy your grandchildren. If you're a grandfather, have fun with your grandkids. You know, let life be so precious. You may not have a big house. Wherever you are, even if it's four room, trust me, listen to me right now. It is not the size of the house that will make you happy. It is the attitude that you carry, excuse me. It is the attitude that you carry that will make you joyful. It is not, it's not about things we collect. I know of so many things and so many people that have big things and big houses, but they never enjoy them. They never even get to see them. They are always mumbling, they are always grumbling. Whatever God has given you, maximize it. Enjoy it. Let God see how much you appreciate that car. It may not be big, but you're washing it every day or whenever. You are keeping it. You are looking after it. God sees that attitude and he will bless you. The Bible says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. Therefore, I will make you ruler over much. Therefore, the attitude we display to God of discontentment is very important for our promotion. And finally, because of time, the third important attitude that we need to carry, an attitude of humility, a humble attitude, a humble attitude. If we don't humble ourselves, life will humble us. 
If we do not carry an attitude of a servant, life will make us one. Therefore, it's either we choose to humble ourselves or life will do it for us. And the latter is not nice. But when we do it ourselves and voluntarily so, God makes us joyful people. There's a scripture in James. And there's also, I think, Christ Jesus was talking at some stage where he says, when you go to a wedding, do not choose the best of seats unless they have told you to do so. Always choose the west of seats at the back and then the owners of the wedding or the owners of the feast will then come and fetch you and place you where you belong. Otherwise, if you find yourself sitting in the most of Porsche's seats and then they come and then they take you to the lower seats and you will not enjoy the wedding thereafter. Scripture says in, in, in Philippians, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but the Bible says he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. He made himself a servant, and he made himself a human. He made himself. Jesus was God, but he chose to be humble. He chose to be humble. And, and Peter and Leonard Paul says, let that mind... That attitude that Jesus was wearing, let it be also our attitude. First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. That's an attitude that everybody must wear around. Listen to me. I've been to so many workplaces and I've been privileged to be a leader in most workplaces, including leading my own colleagues or my own employees, if I was to put it that way. One of the things that I have learned is that a humble person always makes his way to the highest of places. A humble attitude, an attitude of a servant. Jesus says, let him who wants to be great become a servant first. And most of us just want to be great and we do not want to follow the pattern Jesus gave us. Let him who wants to be first, let him choose to be last and life will place you right in front. We do not have to blow our own horns, but our works will speak for us. And I have found in my walk with God that unfortunately the most rudest and, and, and very difficult people, at times, not always, and not you, it could be us children of God. And sometimes because of the information we get, whether is it from church, studying the word of God and being more knowledgeable, sometimes knowledge disadvantages us. That's why Paul says in Corinthians that knowledge has a puffing effect. In other words, the more we know, the more puffed up we become. But, but did you know that it is not knowledge that gets you through in this life? It is your attitude. There's a lot of people that are so knowledgeable, but are not employable. Because their knowledge makes them unhirable. They question the decisions of their bosses. They question their rationale. I'm not saying we should be down and be put through everything, but there is a way of speaking without displaying our arrogance. There is a way of approaching things without displaying how much knowledgeable we are. I have, I have seen so many of us who have knowledge, but because of our attitude that comes with being knowledgeable, we are not desirable to a point where our bosses or someone who's senior or people with the resources are willing to work with people without knowledge because they get things done. 
Whereas those of us who have knowledge, we question the Lord before we can do things and work needs to be done. What am I saying, child of God? I'm saying to you, by just being humble, you can win a lot of things in this life. By being just a servant, you can do so much. God can place you in places of promotion just by being humble, wearing an attitude of humility. Um, one man once said, Christ I have no problem with, but the Christians I have a problem with them. Uh, and this was one powerful man with resources. And I had a problem with that statement until he began to explain to me what he actually meant. And, and, and I have a problem with a verse that says the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I have a problem with that because the children of this world have figured out what is it that makes life to tick and what are the things that we need to press. Therefore, God is saying to his children, my children, I want you to own lands. I want you to own economies. I want you to own big things. I, want, I don't want you to just live this life as servants only, but I also wanted to rule as kings and as priests. And one of the things I wanted to learn is a humble attitude. Be a servant in this life. And being a servant will take you to higher places. Being a servant will get you promotions in this life. Always, listen to me, always take what you do very seriously yeah. and never take yourself very seriously. Mm. Did you get that? Always take what you do very seriously but never take yourself very seriously. Do not walk around wearing your position. Do not walk around wearing an attitude of a boss, of someone who owns things, of someone who has things. But always take your work very seriously, but never take yourself very seriously. And your work will speak for you. Your work will place you in places where kings are sitting because of a humble attitude. God is saying, my people, I want you to occupy the best of places in this world, but we need to learn the right attitudes. We need to know the right language, the language that Jesus Christ wants us to speak. And as we live this life, God will open so many doors. God will give us so many opportunities if we wear the right attitude. Small and other secrets that will make us go far away. Sometimes, listen to me, it, it takes a back door for us to go to our palace. Look at how this young man was sold to Potiphar's house as, as, as a slave. He was, he was sold there. He came in as a slave. But, and, and he worked as a slave. But Joseph was blessed. And he didn't come in there and say, I am blessed. I'm not supposed to be a slave. He went in there as a slave and he began to serve as a slave. He didn't say, I'm a child of Abraham. Don't you know I'm a descendant of Abraham? You cannot be doing this. He went in there and he wore an attitude of a slave. He wore an attitude of a servant. And the Bible says after a while, in the process of time, because time processes things, yeah. time will get to where you belong. And the Bible says, Potiphar began to notice and observe that every time I place something under this young man, there is a blessing. Every time I give him a responsibility, he increases. Every time I say, do this, he does it well and he even exceeds. Every time I say, let me meet you at half past seven, he's there at quarter past seven. Every time I say, I want to see you there, he's always there. Therefore, I, this young man is responsible. And the Bible says, and Potiphar decided I'm going to place everything in the hands of Joseph. And God says, Joseph became responsible for everything in the house except for the wife. 
and he was in charge of the entire house. And listen to this verse. And the house of Potiphar was blessed because of Joseph, who entered as a slave. Sometimes we must learn to be humble and enter places as slaves and allow ourselves to be humbled. But in the process, God will lift us up. We must never demand what belongs to us except in prayer. And God will place us in the places where we belong when we have a humble attitude. And the Bible says Daniel was excellent and he did all he could and they could not stop him because of the excellent, excellent spirit that was in him. It is a spirit that we must possess within us, but we must be willing to go lower in order to go higher. And God will bless us with the best things that this life possesses. I have seen most of us who are blessed with knowledge. We are tithers and we are givers, but we fail at being humble. We fail at entering places wearing a mask of a slave, knowing very well we are kings. God wants us to be pliable. God wants us to be adaptable, knowing very well where we are going. And it is with those kind of attitudes that God will open greater works and greater opportunities and greater doors for us. I trust that I've spoken into your life tonight and I've shared some wisdom into your spirit. These are little nuggets that help us to make it in this life and not necessarily just be spiritual in church, but I want us through God, I want us to possess the best of things because this life, it's a life to be lived. God has called us to be great. God has called us to be blessed. He has called us to be heads and not tails. He has called us to be lenders and not borrowers. He has called us to be above and not beneath. But we must learn the correct attitudes and learn to speak the right language at the right time. And it's a matter of time before we become that which God has ordained us to become. I hope I've shared some wisdom with you and I appreciate all of you and I thank all of you for joining us tonight on our station. Join us again on Sunday morning as we share more wisdom around this knowledge. I trust that God is with you and your family. And uh, if you're a couple and you're married and you're watching this broadcast, you may not necessarily be part of our church. I invite you tomorrow night. Please write to our church number, the 081 number. It's on every poster that we have. Please dial that number. Let us send you the, the link to our Zoom conference. We're going to be having a conference with all the couples tomorrow night, sharing the secrets during this lockdown, sharing everything as couples. It's not going to be just me and Mama or my wife. It's going to be everybody. It's going to be everyone. The pastors that are married in our church will be also sharing wisdom, nuggets, strategies, secrets. What are the things that are keeping our families warm and happy during this lockdown period? Guys, I trust that you're blessed and it is well with you. It is well with your family. May God bless you. May God keep you. May God shine his face towards you. And may he be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance towards you and your family. And may he grant you his peace. I pray that the Lord protect your family against the virus COVID-19. Even until now, the Lord has been with you. And it's not a mistake. Some of you may have already caught the virus, but you never felt it. Some of you may have felt it, but it was flushed out of your system. The grace of the Lord is sufficient for you. None of you who is watching us right now are going to pass away in the name of Jesus. The Lord has protected you. The Lord has surrounded you by his blood, by his power. He surrounds you just like Mount Zion surrounds Jerusalem. You are surrounded day and night. 
The Lord is with you in the name of Jesus Christ. May the grace of our Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with all of us till we meet again in Jesus' name. Good night. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.